on this next episode of Sports Rap Podcast. We sit down and have a conversation with Philly boxing legend Ivan Robinson with the guest uh, James Martin, his fighter, and Squeaky King of Squeaky Promotions. So with that being said, welcome everyone to the show again. And Facebook Live, we are also there. Now, we talked about the career slightly of Ivan Robinson. We want to backtrack a little bit. And people, you know who I'm talking to. Like I said, you know who it is. By the way, uh, Mag says, he says, hello. Yeah, turn your mic up. Just got to move closer to the mic. Uh, Mag said, um, hello, what's up, Squeaky? He said, hello, what's up to you too? Oh, my man, Mag. Yeah, that's who that was. Yeah, so... Um, we got people still chiming in. Ray Santos, my guy, Richard Drummond, Gregory Robinson is back. Now, what you're doing now, you are, you have, it's a mighty thing, the business, the agency, mm-hmm. the management. Yes. You have a fighter, which you project to be the face of the agency. Mm-hmm. But I want to paint the picture for my listeners. And like we mentioned with us, uh, uh, James being the student of the game. And people, you have to understand, there were people before you who did what you want to do now. And when I make this reference, I'm making it loosely because I have boxing um, personnel here. But it's in reference to everything that you do. Like I even said, we could talk life. And it deals with life in general itself. And when you retire, I know, like you said, you still had that itch. Um, and, and it's hard, especially when you've accomplished the things that you had accomplished right. during your um, active career. You, you get that itch. When did you know or when did you feel that you needed to get back in some kind of way? Well, actually what happened was, um, I think one day I had I was already retired. Um, I was just sitting around the house doing nothing. I actually I was working at the time. And um okay. I got off work early. It was like twelve o'clock I came home. I'm sitting around the gym. I mean sitting around the house. So something said, go to the gym. So I go to the gym, just went in there just to see who was in there. And it was this little kid named uh right now he's probably one of the hottest kids from Philly, but he lived in Jersey. His name is Juan Davila. He was in the gym with his dad. He couldn't have been no more than like five. He, and his dad had him training. He was running in and out the gym, uh, running up and down the steps, hitting the bag, running out. And his dad couldn't do nothing with him. So I'm just sitting there looking. And his dad said to me, he was like, ain't you Ivan Robinson? So I'm like, yes. He's like, um, what are you doing? I said, nothing. I said, I just came in here looking around. He's like, could you do me a favor? I said, what is it? He said, can you um talk to my son? i like, sure. So I sat down and talked to him. And I asked his son, did he want to box? He was like, yes. So his dad was like, can you train him? And it just took off from there. Okay. So tell us a little bit about Miss... Uh, I wrote her name down and I can't find it right now. Your fighter, the 12-year-old, the young lady. Tell us about her and how all of that came about. The I think her name is Camille. Camille well, I don't, Jones. I don't, Camille that was something that I read that she had right. well. Well, I don't, I don't have her no more. I used to train her. I don't have her no more. It's crazy that you had her. Right now, she's the number one 
106 pound female fighter wow. in the world. Um, she went with uh, Rajim Jefferson. I would just tell okay. you, and she's right now. She's the hottest uh, little young lady in the world. I mean, she's number one. I think she just won the uh, the world, or she won one of them, mm-hmm. and she's been number one for a while. She's a great fighter. I love her to death. She does good things, and I, you know, I got to take my hat off to Rajim Jefferson because Rajim Jefferson good. is just one of the hottest fight boxers. Right, I mean, trainers right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. Actually, his son is fighting. March seventh, down at the twenty three hundred arena. Yeah, you know okay. it's just crazy that, you know, when I was little coming up, I was around a bunch of you know champions like uh, Tyrone Crawley, uh, Myron Teller, um, all those guys. You know, and I they got to see me grow up. I never thought that I would be in a situation like those guys was. I am now. Like for mm-hmm. instance, I get to see Jerron Ennis. He's number one. He's the hot number one hundred forty seven pounder. I feel though in the world. Um, now I got Mr. James Martin right here. He about to be hot. We're going to do some things with him. So, you know, the as you say, the world just keeps spinning right. around. So now, you know, I'm in that position now. And I just want to, you know, help whoever I can help do whatever they can do. I know Squeak is willing to do that too. As long as me and him sit down and we talk and we put our heads together and we're on the same page, right. we can make it happen. Um, and another thing is um, I train... I, and just as well as uh, James, we train out of Ridiculously Fit, 4416 mm-hmm. Frankfurt Avenue, uh, Ridiculously Fit. Um, I also train young kids, too, you know, from the ages to okay. five to whatever. Um, all you got to do is uh, reach out to me, um, put a schedule together, and, you know, I'll put the kids into mm-hmm. a training uh, routine. Uh, right. Once they get old enough to get to where they really can compete, then we put them in the uh, amateur boxing and we let them compete. But one thing I want to tell all the all the moms, all the dads, before you bring your kids to me and you really get them to start working with me, one thing with me is something that I always stuck with from day one. My mom and dad, you know, praise God and them, they still living, but um, and my dad is still active in boxing too. Um, kids got to go to school. That's the most important. Thing. Absolutely, school is first. You know what I'm saying I always tell the kids I say to them they always tell me oh I want to be a Floyd Mayweather this that mm-hmm. I said it doesn't matter what you hear or how you hear it about Floyd I said one thing about Floyd he counts his money right he's able to count his money Absolutely. if you don't go to school if you ain't get no education you can't read it you can't write how you expect to be a champion you know what I'm saying and mm-hmm. I know Martin to tell you the same thing when that time came when they set them contracts in front of his face. He had to read them contracts. He had to read the, all them little prints. Because if you can't read it and you sign your life That's away, right. it's a wrap. That's right. So, you yeah. know, I definitely uh, let the uh, parents know that if you're going to bring your kids to me, I don't mind training them. Mm-hmm. But one thing for sure, two things for certain, it's got to be disciplined. And if they're right. not disciplined, you can trust and believe they're going to get it from me. Absolutely. <laughs> like, you know, the, the education piece is, is super, super important. Oh, I know. Um, when I was coaching basketball with my uncle... You know, when when kids had bad grades or whatever, and then they tried to come to practice, we would send them home. There you go. You can make up this time at practice because we're going to be here. Right. But you need to get that schoolwork now. Exactly. You know, that, that's a problem. You need exactly. to get that schoolwork done right now. So, James, we're going to talk to James a little bit <laughs> now. How did you really get into boxing? When did you decide that this was something you wanted to do and then possibly be professional at it? 
Well, I've been around boxing all my life because my my dad and my brother they used to box. So I've just been around it like all my life ever since I was young. So I just started like when I was like 12, like just because. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to work out, learn how to fight. That's okay. Too wild. I got into boxing. Now to make money. Right. For my family help me out. Right. Absolutely. So <clears throat> you sound very confident, which is a great thing. It's definite plus. Uh, your fight Friday. Yeah. How? What is your approach to the fight on Friday? Box, smart, move my head. Mm-hmm. Just fight. It's easy. Okay. So you're a student of the game. Very, very short with his answers, but very brief and to the point. So I, I even mentioned that you were a student of the game. Who are some past boxers or some current boxers that you watch and adapt a little bit or take things from to add into your own style or into your game plan going into a fight? Yeah, I take a little bit of Crawford, like how he switches from softball to orthodox. I take that sometimes. Okay. I watch um, Muhammad Ali. That's like old. Mm-hmm. And I also watch uh, Roy Jones. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Penel Whitaker, too. I watch him. Sweet Pea. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That was my man. So, so you mean to tell me you're going to sit next to this man <laughs> and you're going to not mention his name and saying that you watch him? So you know what that means, right? That means you're going to get some extra work. Right? You're going to get some extra work. No, just, just, just having some fun here. So with your plans, what do you plan to do with boxing? When you're done fighting, I guess teach the next generation like boxing, and right steps to mm-hmm. have a good career. Yeah. Cool. Uh, that's the first time I ever heard of that. Not too many people say that. Right. Absolutely. Like I said, you know, it, it, that's it's a beautiful thing. I mean, he gets probably gets some of that from you, from the way you train, from his firm, from his family, from his backing, and you you have to be that way. You have to have an understanding of what you want to do. And the reason I ask that question for all of my listeners, who parents, whoever who have kids that want to pursue careers in sports or anything else. Like Ivan said, James had to sit there and read those contracts. They had to go over that fine print, mm-hmm. make sure everything is to their liking before they sign. Um, I wanted to mention a gentleman that I had do a phone interview that I met through Facebook talking about boxing, Adrian Clark from Texas. And he wrote a book about the finer points in boxing, about the behind the scenes of boxing. And he mentioned, and he actually was on air, and he broke down to us how a fighter has to pay A, B, C, and then he gets his purse. And we had a lot of people who didn't understand that, didn't understand. A lot of people were under the impression that boxing was, on that end, was very similar to all the other professional sports. You know, the other, most of the other professional sports, you got an agent and a manager. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. Right. And then you've got whatever residual from that is pretty much your profit to do, you know, take care of yourself, your family, whatever, Most, and generally speaking. Right. In boxing... There's a plethora of people that have to get paid 
from that fighter's purse. Understand it. I'm sure you got it there, and I'm glad you're here. So you can correct me if I might have I might have said that wrong. No, you're right. Yeah, you know, I might have said something wrong. But people have to understand, and the point I'm making is, like I even said, you got to get that education piece because people saw, and I'm not just making light and making an example. People heard the Don King situations mm-hmm. and all that, That's and of course, and of course, we'll never know the really true essence. We'll only know what we were given as far as TV and news and media and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And when I said that, I mean, we would never be, we would never flies on that wall in those particular rooms when those mm-hmm. deals were hashed out. We right. got what was told that was told to everybody else. Right. So, Squeaky, go ahead and chime in on what, what we were what, talking. It's a mighty thing is a little different. So, James going to make some money before we make some money. We, we, we ain't, I ain't impressed with the money right now, so. My, we run out of a little different. So if you sign with us, you gonna make some money. Okay. It ain't a situation where we get, we need James money to you know to keep moving forward. That's the case. So James gonna make some money. I'm 100 percent sure you gonna make some money. Now if I gotta give you some money, you gonna make some money. So my goals are getting rolling. I have a goal to get him to championship and not take that as money from him. That's not the game. F- Floyd is one of the one of the promoters. I would say that he makes sure all his fighters make money, and I, I commend him for that. Like, it's all I like for. I, I like him because he makes sure he's already rich. You know what I mean? How rich right. can you get? He, all his guys around him. Make good money if they sign up for Floyd Mayweather's promotion. And I, I, I want to try to mimic the same thing. So I don't want my guys, I'm pulling up in a Bentley and they pull up in a Toyota. Nah. I'll right. drive a minivan or whatever, you come up in the Bentley. So that, right. that, that's, that's my goal. And I, I, was, yeah. I, I was on board with it as well. So. That's, that's, real, that's real heavy talk. You know, yeah, you, you see it here on Sportsback. It's real heavy talk. Yeah, yeah I, just, I mean, out of it all, I don't know how everybody else's manager was mm-hmm. and didn't, don't really care less about. Anybody else manager, but I know my manager Eddie Woods was probably one of the best managers mm-hmm. I ever had. I mean, it was a while before I really started making money, but it was to the point where I was right. making money, and he wasn't even worrying about his money. You know, I mean, you have to sign a contract that your manager has to get his percentage after every fight. But it was to right. the point that my manager wasn't even taking my his purse, wasn't even taking his cut of the money. When I was fighting, he was just like, huh, look, look, we're looking at the bigger picture. I don't know if it was because that was that type of fighter that we knew somewhere along the line we was going to make that money that we needed to make, but was was he just that type of guy? He's just that type of guy because till this day, he's still the same way. Um, And I try to run my business how he ran his, although I'm not as rich as he was, but still, I'm not, like Ed said, we're not really harping for no money. We know right now, maybe the first year or two, it's not going to be the money we want to make right now. We're not going to make the money until the back end, maybe after the second year. Once we get Jerry to where he needs to be, and that's our goal. Our goal right now is to get him to where he needs to be. He's 5-1 right now. He should be 6-0, but that's okay. You know, sometimes you have Mm -hmm. to take a step back before you're able to take them three steps forward. I know the game very well, you know. So that's one thing I think that's going to help with our fighters. Because I'm not only their manager, I can also be their, you know, they they, they blanket. Mm -hmm. I'm saying I know the game. You know what I'm saying? I know what it is to do. I know how it is to do it. And also on the back end of that, you know, I have a good guy in Squeak that's going to help me do whatever I need to do to get our fighters wherever we're going to need to get. All I need this young man right here to do is just go out and win. That's all I need him to do. Definitely. You know, uh, it's a beautiful thing. To see the relationship, the genuine relationship between the two business partners, 
and the genuine care and the interest that they have in their fighter, their current fighter right now, and any fighters that come into the the, um, the organization. Mm-hmm. So I know I'm moving around, and, and but but I got to because I got people chimed in and I got people talking to me. Shawana Jordan, all the way from the shy. Uh, my sister, Chicago, uh, always tuned in. Beautiful sister, um, business minded. Um, she chimed in. She also she says knowledge is power. She um, has. She is the African American. She's an African American female owner of two women's professional basketball teams. She now has just started her own sports agency. They have volleyball now. So. My sister, Shawana M. Jordan, check her out. Chicago, doing big things Shawana over there. And Shawana M. Jordan, over there. Yeah, if you go to my page, we, you, you'll find her. She's in my list. Yeah, she's in my list. So, Shawana, we got some people. We're going to talk some business. You see, I do what I do. This is why we talk to I will definitely reach out and make that connection. Also, people, anybody, and track as well. See, so she's tuned in right on point. And track as well. So, People also, if anyone is interested in what I even said about getting your child into boxing, getting trained, if you can't get a hold of him, you know how to get a hold of me. She says good day to you all as well. You can get a hold of me and we can start that dialogue. We can get that conversation, get those things going. I can point you in the right direction and get you in contact with Ivan to get that done. So while I have you and while we're doing our podcast episode and, you know, you can find this on Wherever you get your podcast and on iHeartRadio as well. Just look up Sports Rat Podcast and you will find it. This episode will go up live, go up tomorrow once I do some things with tweaking it once we go off air and everything like that. But I want to go back a little bit and I'm talking and I have to because I've got people tuned in. So I have to touch on it and you can answer however you feel. You need to answer. Talk us through both of the Gotti fights. <laughs> and, All right, I, 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 and like I said, can it, I go anywhere when I anybody you can go, ask you, you can go any way you want to go, but I just feel like because I have you here and I've done my homework, so I think I know a little bit more than most of my listeners. So I'm okay. But I think most of my listeners and most of my viewers are going to, that's the first thing that's going to click. Ivan Robinson, first thing they're going to think is, got it, got it, however you want to say it. That's what they say. I mean, what you exactly want me to say, how you want me to put it, and, you know, I can put it any way you want me to. So, walk us through what led up to the first fight with Gotti. All right, well, the first fight was, what happened was, we fought in Philly at the Army. We used to, as you say... I didn't know that. I'm sorry. I didn't y'all fought in Philly. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I didn't know y'all fought in Philly. No, we didn't fight in Philly. Oh, at least at the Armory. Yeah, well, I did. I fought at the Armory. See, and this this is one thing that you have to really understand about boxing. You got to get to know, like, we're going to take Martin, do these things, too. Like, right now, I understand that um, he signed with King's Promotion, which is a good thing. Marshall was doing a great thing in Philly. Mm-hmm. But we also want to get to the point where we want uh, James to have not a lot of fights, but we want him to have good competitive fights. And we want to 
exactly getting to where he needs to be. So that means he's going to have to have fights where he's going to have guys in front of him that he may not be able to put away, but guys that he can look good with and go 10 or 12 rounds with. So, you know, that's how we're going to have to do it with him. But back to me, with the first Gaddy fight, what happened, I fought in Philadelphia. And um, I fought, uh, I can't remember the kid's name, but I I, I suffered a cut. And um, I think it was like in uh, September or October. So with my manager, Eddie Woods, and them guys, and I was with main events at the time, what we was trying to do, we wanted another fight. Right after this fight. Well, what happened was um, Shane Mosley was coming to town. And he was getting ready to defend his title. And me and Shane know each other because um, we was on the same Olympic team together. for okay. From like 89 to 92. Um, so what happened was um, they brought Shane to Philly for a card for him to defend his title. I was already cut. But I thought that the, the cut was going to heal. My my cut man, which was Leon Tabs, God rest his soul, he put butterflies on the on the um, on the cut, and we thought it would heal. So what happened when we found out Shane Mosley was coming to fight? They wanted to see who he could fight. So I was mad. I'm like, yo, I went down to the press conference. I'm like, yo, how you gonna come in my city and fight somebody else and not fight the person in Philadelphia? So, right. me and him went back and forth through it. So, we finally made the fight. Me and Shane Mosley was going to fight. Now, my cut was still open, but I thought with the uh, the uh, butterflies on it, it wasn't going to reopen. No, well, like a week into the into the camp, the butterf- the stitches opened up. We had to pull out the fight with Shane Mosley. We was fighting at the Spectrum. Um, and everybody knew that I wasn't going to fight. Everybody went down there and bought tickets. Get your tickets back. So Shane went and fought, and he knocked the guy out. So at that time, my team and I was trying to find out who he was going to fight. Didn't want to fight. We couldn't find nobody. Didn't know nothing. So I went back home, and I was absolutely mad. So I got a call about 2 o'clock in the morning. So when I answered the phone, it was my manager on the line. He was like, Ivan, um, I got a fight for you. I'm going to have sleep. I'm like, all right, well, um, look, call me in the morning. He like, no, I need to do this now so we can get this contract situation. I'm like, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Can I get some sleep? He like, all right, well, I want to tell you this. I want to tell you the guy that you're going to fight. So I'm like, who? He like, Arturo Gotti. So I'm like, all right, cool. Hang up the phone. Arturo Gotti? I'm like, man, let me call this dude back. I'm like, yo, Eddie, did you say Arturo Gotti? He's like, yeah, uh, Arturo can't uh, find nobody to fight right now. And, uh... You can't, we can't get you no fight, so now we want to make you and Gaddy. Gaddy had just lost the Angel Man Freddie, and I won. So we sitting there saying to ourselves, like, we don't, I'm saying to myself, like, I don't want to take this Ochoa Gaddy fight right now. Nah. Then I'm saying to myself, like, Ochoa Gaddy, I'm saying to myself, like, I need me a fight right now to put me over the hump. Because I know right. everybody know who I am, but I'm not right where I need to be. I need to start making some money. So I called my team the next one. I'm like, yo. We got an offer to fight Ochoa Gotti. Everybody looking at me like, Ochoa Gotti? You talking from Jersey City? I'm like, yeah. They're like, I don't know. So I'm like, you know what? I'm taking it. They're mm-hmm. like, you sure? I said, yeah, we taking it. All right, we set up camp. Got everything situated. Made the fight. I had to go to New York for the press conference with me and Gaddy. Now, remind you, me and Gaddy was in camp with Pernell Whitaker for when Pernell Whitaker fought Oscar De La Hoya. Okay. Um, me and Gaddy never boxed each other. Never. We always sparred Purnell. 
And me and Purnell and Gaddy, we all became friends. But you know, this is the business of business. Right. You know, you got to put your friendship outside the window. So, you know, me and Gaddy put our sides outside the window and we signed for the fight. I think I had six weeks before the fight, the whole time for the camp, nobody expected me to beat him. I was the only one expecting to win. I think my manager and them, they wanted, they was wanting me to win, but they wasn't for sure. I was for sure I was going to win. Man, I think that fight right there was probably the highlight of my career. I'll never forget it. When we fought down at uh, the convention hall down mm-hmm. in Lang City, man, there was so many people there. It was crazy. I'm sure. So many. So, you know, I won the fight. It was a great fight. Um, it was good. After that fight, um, I never thought they would ask for a second fight. I'm walking down the boardwalk trying to go back to the hotel so I can go home with my son and my wife and everything. And they kept calling me. I ain't know how they got my phone number. I'm driving home, my phone call <laughs> ringing. I'm like, hello. They're like, yo, man, we got to get you to have an Arturo Gotti 2 fight. I'm like, huh? They're like, Arturo. I'm like, man, this guy that hit me so hard, I don't want to fight nobody right now. All I want to do is go home. Right. I was getting ready to go to uh, Jamaica. I had, because um, we fought um, December the 12th. My anniversary was December the 17th. Wow. So I was on my way to Jamaica. They stopped my flight, everything from Jamaica, taught my ticket, everything. I couldn't go to Jamaica. They wanted the second fight so bad. They was not going to let me go unless I made reservations to make the second fight. So we made it. We didn't go. What happened, the fight was supposed to be in, uh, in no, my fault. The first fight was in August. The second fight was supposed to be in November. But we always knew that Gaddy blew up in week. So mm-hmm. what they did, they called us back and was like, well, Toro Gotti got an injury, so we don't want to, we can't take this fight. We want the fight to be in December. So my whole team already knew that. We knew Gaddy had blew up and he was having trouble making weight. So what we did, right after the first Gaddy fight, we went to, we went, we, we fought him on a Saturday. Sunday, we made reservations to fight him again. That Monday, I went right back to camp. I stayed in camp for eight weeks for this Gaddy fight, man. I made the second fight. I believe I made the second fight as easier than it was the first fight. Because the first fight, people seeing how I could stand inside and, and take a, take punishment, how I can give it back. I was just so, uh, how can I say it? I was just so determined. That first Getty yeah. fight, I was just so determined to make that fight my fight and to win that fight. And I tell everybody, I tell people till today, the only way I was going to lose that fight is Getty was going to kill me in that, that night. That was the only way. And he almost did, but, you know... I was in camp for eight weeks, man. I trained hard. I did everything I had to do. I ran every day. I worked hard. I ate right. I got. I went away from my family. People don't understand that right. the sacrifices that fighters make. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, when fighters go away from their family and not be with their family, it's time for them to really think about what it is they got to get ready for. The boxing is not a game, but boxing is very brutal. Mm-hmm. You know, you out there giving your, just like when you're playing football, you out there right. giving out your body. You know what I'm saying? You're taking these punches and all that. You're having these fighters out here dying in the ring. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because they're trying to be macho. It's not about being macho, it's about being smart. And what people don't understand, the bo- boxing is to, is to hit and not be hit. It's not to hit and get hit, it's to hit and not be hit. You know, I understand that sometimes you get in the wars. I got wars with Gaddy. I'm saying, but I was also smart enough to understand when it was time for me to box. So you know, I did that. You know, um, I'm very proud and and honored that a lot of people got to see the fight. Mm -hmm. 
you know, till this day, I still, as you see, I get a lot of people asking me about the fight. You ask me about the fight. Right. People all across the world ask me about the fight. So, I feel as though, just like with Martin, somewhere along the line, in your life, in this boxing situation, not boxing game, but in this boxing world, it's going to be a fight that you're going to remember that's going to put you over that threshold. Over that threshold. And I think mm -hmm. the Getty fight was with the fight that's had done it for me. Yeah, you know? so. And I fought all of them. I fought the best of them. I fought Angel Man Freddy. I fought mm -hmm. Julio Cesar Chavez. You know, I fought um, Emmanuel Burton. Uh, I just fought him with Jesse James. I, I, anybody you name, I fought in that era because I just felt that I was that good and right. that bad to fight anybody. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, let me just ask you, James, now. You've got Ivan sitting here. He's working with you. And you heard him just say, there's a time to box. There's a time to fight. Now, just out of curiosity, I had another fighter here a while back and we talked to him about some things and Baldy asked him a question. He asked him, when did he really begin to execute his game plan in the in a fight? That fight that particular fighter said when he gets hit. When he got hit, he said he, he started out, his mind frame was I got my game plan, I'm gonna do what I do. And and I know from watching boxing a lot of times, like they like to say the old cliche, the first round is the feeling out right. You want to see if your game plan is going to work with what that other fighter, which your opponent is doing right now. Now, he said he it took him to get hit before he really, really got in-depth and really intricate with his game plan. Is that the same for you or anything similar for you? No, not really. I don't get hit, so I <laughs> I love that confidence. That, that's great. So, you don't get hit. So, But anything can happen, so it's like... Right. Right. So, in your six fights, which one do you think was your best fight? My fourth, no. Either my third or my fourth. I fought some strong African ball. Like, mm -hmm. Nobody thought I would probably would win, but I knew I would win. But my brother knew I would win, too. Right. I thought that was my best fight. So, so what do you think? Made that your best fight? I made it easy. Like boxing, a stronger, a stronger person. Okay, cool. So that's taking some pages out of Ivan's book. Like he said, he made it easy. Uh, where do you guys think boxing can go as far as the Philly level? With the fighters that we have, like the names that you mentioned, James sitting here, do you think? if Philly can have a major impact on the boxing game in the next coming years? You want me to answer or I'm going to answer first? Whoever wants to go. I think that, um, I think Philly has what it takes. I mean, we have Danny Garcia, we have Jerron Ennis, we're going to have James Martin. Uh, and the thing about it, uh, we have a bunch of young kids coming through. Like the okay. young lady I just was telling you about, Camille uh, mm -hmm. James. She's going to be something to reckon with. Then we have Rasheem Jefferson's son, which is Rasheem Jefferson Jr. He okay. fights March the 7th. So, you know, Philly is at that point where we're back on that, on that, on that threshold again where mm. once we had the guys like his father, J Jerry the Bull Martin, we had Smoking Joe Frazier, um, Tim Witherspoon. 
You know, we had these guys carrying the torch for us. Now they passed it down or passed it over or passed it up, however you want to say it. So, you know, they passed it to me. And me, guys like me, Eric Hunter, uh, 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 Danny, Danny Garcia, all those guys, you know, now we pass it to them. Now we have our young coming guys like Jerron Ennis, James Martin. Now they pass it on to those guys. Right. So now those guys got to do what it took to get the city to where it be. And people don't understand, sometimes when you have a fighter at the magnitude of Jerron Ennis, Danny Garcia, James Martin, it's kind of a pressure situation. That's just like a LeBron James or Michael yeah. Joy. You know, you expect these guys to perform well every Absolutely. night. Absolutely. But a lot of times it just don't happen. Right. You know what I'm saying? It comes. I Man, it's been many nights. I done been in fights, man. A guy hit me with a shot that I know he wasn't supposed to hit me with, but I got hit with. It was just a bad night. Not that I lost, but it was right. just a situation that I, was, I, I shouldn't have been in that I put myself in. So, you know, I think Philly coming up, you know what I'm saying? Um, fighters just got, I hope they stay hungry. They definitely right. got to do what they got to, they need to do to become champions. And I, I won't, I can't, I say it a hundred Times I said a hundred thousand times, I said a million times. Before you guys think about being champions, please, education is first. Got Absolutely. To be first. Mm-hmm. You definitely can't say that. <clears throat> Excuse me, can't say that enough. Um, like you said, you heard it here. James watches student of the game. He watches some of the best fighters um in the boxing world. And it ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> so in all in all you can do a lot of things, people. Like we always tell you, there is going to be a time when, like you just heard Ivan and you heard James mention, things happen. On any given day, things can happen. So you can be the fighter. You'll do that. You'll have your career, yada, yada, do all those things. But what I think becomes more important than your actual career is what you do afterwards with everything that you got from your craft. So when I say that, I say James, like the model of Ivan, everything that he got from being the professional fighter, not just being the trainer, the cut man, you know, the the promoter, no disrespect, but just to prove my point, he was actually in the ring. He's giving out punches. He's taking punches. He's been through everything that you are going to go through on this journey. And and in my opinion, you have a slight upper hand, a trump card, if you will, with that knowledge that you have in your corner, you know. Um, Thank you. I appreciate that. uh, No doubt. And, And, you know, like I was mentioned earlier, I watched one of the videos which you, um, you were working out with the kids and, some people may watch that video and, and say, "Oh, he a little hard on them kids. Yeah, they rough, you I know." Had it. But what people outside, on the outside looking in, have to understand something that you just mentioned not too long ago, and something that Kobe Bryant, R.I.P., mentioned in his mantra: "There are going to be days when it's going to be hard as hell. Mm-hmm. You got to fight that. You got to fight through that if you want to get to." where you want to be there are going to be times when your sacrifices 
are going to be far way, far more than what you expect. Like I even just said, a fighter, there are going to be times when you're training where you're away from your family. It's you, your training, your management staff, and whatever. You may have a wife, you may have kids at home. You're going to be away from them for an extended period of time. You have to make up, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, you have to decide very early in the stages of your career if you want to have success, if that's what you want to do. That's it, you said best. Because if you don't have that drive, that determination, that education, you may get there, but you might not get to enjoy it. Got a living legend sitting here next to you. Right? Been through some fights. He just, man, just sat here and told us. Gotti hit him and he felt that. You know, he said he was in some fights where guys hit him that he knows I shouldn't have got hit with that punch. There's no way I was supposed to get hit with that punch. But that meant learning, too. I get back to the drawing board. I may not fight this guy again, but I still got to take that with me in the event that. Somebody's a similar style fighter than that. And you have to want to give back. Because if you don't want to give back in some type of way, I think the success that you may accomplish will be all for nothing. Because somebody's taking the time out to help you along the way. And not just making it because it's Ivan. You wanted to be a boxer. If you wanted to, you would have found somebody to train you. You would have found a way to get it done. You had the right background. Your father was a fighter. So you had some knowledge going in of what it took to be a professional fighter. But I think it it's best that you're not with your father as far as the training. Because, and, and this is just a slight thing that I noticed with Danny and his dad. Sometimes feelings get mixed up mm-hmm. and no disrespect, but business wise, technique wise, fight wise, it can hinder some things in that mix. Right. Ivan? You know, yeah. I think like it, it, it's it's just one of those things where you have somebody that's not really related to you, but he has your best interest and he's going to put you in the right direction. Point you in the right direction, put you in the right positions to succeed because he knows how. But it's not that father son where father's going to push harder. Now, I went through this thing, I had to talk to my wife about this thing, just a, a different example, in case you know people that are listening don't understand everything I said. I'm trying to clear it up. My son wanted to play basketball, he went to two or three practices, then he wanted to stop instantly. My wife was a little bit upset. Well, we paid this money, and this is you going to go back. And at the time, he maybe had been about five or six. might have been six. I had to let it go for a little bit because I had to get my thoughts together. Damani Harper, what's going on? I had to get my thoughts together on how I wanted to present it without seeming bullyish. And I came to the conclusion, I thought about it, and what I said was, I'll talk to him. I said, but you can't push him too hard. I said, he said he wanted to play. He tried it. He did what he was doing. I said, right now, you got to let it go. On the other side, what I mentioned to him was, you're six years old. You tried it. You didn't want to do it. 
your mom put out money. You know that wasn't right. She paid that money for you to go. But all in all, the bottom line was I told him, the next time, you got to pass this time. The next time, you want to tell us, you tell us you want to do something, regardless of whether we have to pay money for the situation or not, you're going to go all the way through. Now, at the end, if you decide you want to stop, I'm okay with that. But you're not going to stop in the middle. You're not going to stop in the beginning. You're going to go all the way through. And then, if you decide, look, Dad, Mom, I really don't want to play basketball no more. I'm going to just, I'll be okay with that. Because I feel like you go through it, you have to go through it to decide if it's for you or not. You can't stop and then decide later on, oh, I want to go play basketball. You missed valuable time in between, in that gap. So... And it gives you a sense of stick to itness. I'm speaking because I, out, of, I, out of something happened to me over my in my time. If you let mm-hmm. your kid quit, he's always going to be quitting. Mm-hmm. So I, when I started off doing karate, speaking of you know quitting, and I hated karate because you had to, it hurt stretching and getting into that you know, right. tradition itself. And I quit. I was like, I don't, I don't want to mm-hmm. do karate anymore. That's you either go do karate or you're going to do push-ups until they get out of class, which is my other two brothers in class. And I went back. I ended up I left karate with a black belt in, in karate. And mm-hmm. if I got old enough, I quit doing it because I don't like it anymore. But right. it, that going through that process mm-hmm. shows me how to do what you don't want to do first. Get that out of the mm-hmm. way and then do whatever's easiest later. Right. So absolutely. Don't let your kids quit. Yeah. It's, a definite, it's a definite learning lesson because also on the other side of that, you can look at it another way. If you let them quit, then you're giving them an out. Uh, and it's going, they're going to apply and it to everything. then you have to also think, like you said, they're going to apply it to everything. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen when you're not available they gonna quit. To give them that out. No, they gonna quit. Gonna the quit. quit is gonna be ten times worse yes. than if you were there. Because yeah. if you were there, you can kind of get them. Look, listen. All right, you quit. Whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. You can talk them up, and they get back in it. If you're not there, and then they quit, it's just like, all right, I quit. So whatever. Right. Now, what do I do next? Mm-hmm. So now they stuck in that circle. You know, it's that circle. What am I going to do next? It's going to be a continual process. Mm-hmm. Stuff is going to get harder. They're not going to like it. And it's like, all right, I'll just do something else until I don't like it. No, Philly's full of those. Right. Quitters. Absolutely. You know, and it is That's why imperative Absolutely. that you meet people on levels. I think you meet these kids on it's levels. That's major what you just said right there. Yeah, I think it's imperative that you meet these kids on levels. Mm-hmm. And I found that out coaching basketball with me and my uncle where we had a plethora of times where I had to take my gear to practice and we had to split the group up. And we had kids that I literally, the entire hour and a half practice, had to be on the court with them, showing them this is what you're supposed to do. This is how you're supposed to do it. The fruits of that labor, the benefits of that are eight, nine games down the line in that season, mm-hmm. I would catch those kids after games and say, see what happens? And they'd be smiling. Like, yeah, I made three baskets down there. I did what you right. told me, coach. I said, how does that feel? Right. You know, it felt good. They were excited. I was excited because they understood and they took what I gave them and they used it and they succeeded. So you got tutelage here. You got both ends. So you can't fail. 
And I don't mean that like you got to succeed, you got to be a champion, whatever. I mean as far as the knowledge that you're going to have on both sides of the fence. You the can't fail. So, excuse me, fam, the way I see that, that should be a plus for him. Definitely. For that coming from you. Definitely. You know I'm saying that should be a plus for him because, like he said earlier, he had somebody, and you said also, he had, he had somebody in his corner that he should trust. To mm-hmm. give him the best opportunity to right. do the best thing he can. I know mm-hmm. I'm going to give it to him. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because I want the kid to succeed. Mm-hmm. I'm saying mm-hmm. I want the kid to be able to be where I'm at 10 years from now. When I'm sitting at home and he like, Coach, I'm like, man, my legs hurt you bad. I ain't yeah. going today. You go ahead and do it. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And it's also squeak, you know, because squeak part of this too. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He helping out just as much. You know, right. so. And that's why I said that you, you definitely have a plus because you got. You got both sides. Um, I, I can see you're a champion already, man. I, I've, I've never fought a pro fight before. But to condition mm-hmm. yourself, man, to get in that ring, let somebody hit you upside your head repeatedly. You know what I'm saying? It's that, I mean, you're a champion yeah, already. Let the white hit themselves. I mean, you, that, that's the thing. Well, you, you, missed, you, you, missed what, you missed what the champ you know said. The champ said the object is to hit and not get hit. That's Thank the object to get hit. I got hit. I got a cold right now. I'm getting punched boxing. But I, I'm telling you that I, you know, he, I commend him. He's a champion, man. I, he's a champion already. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You, 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 you turn pro. You done got your first pro fight out, and you still setting goals for yourself, man. I, you know, I commend you for it. I, I really gotcha. do. Any, any yeah. pro fighter. Any pro yeah, fighter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I think I have a lot more respect for a professional boxer, like you just said, Squeaky. Mm-hmm. Also, oh, yeah. than I do for the NBA player, the football player, oh, yeah. even the hockey player. When they let you fight, right? But and, and the reason. But the reason I have more respect for the boxer is it's a skill. Mm-hmm. It's not just a street free fall fight. Somebody mm-hmm. chipped you the wrong way on the hockey, they let you fight a little bit, and then right. they stop it. Right. Boxing, you got a game plan. You have, like you said, James, you, you watch um, the fighter that likes to switch. Go southpaw and go, yeah, switch, go southpaw and go conventional. Mm-hmm. You know, another plus for you if you can do that. If you can do it well, but another plus for you. But I wish you, wish you guys all the best in everything. James, success in the ring, success outside of the ring after the fight. Squeaky, continued success in the business ventures. Ivan, again, success with what you're doing now. It's a mighty thing. We gonna blow that thing up. You got a friend in me now, and you know so. We gonna blow. It's a mighty thing. We gonna blow that up. And people, like I said, if you can't get a hold of him, if you want more information on that, you can get a hold of me. You know where to find me at SportsRap underscore D on Instagram and Twitter. Facebook is SportsRap Radio Show. Everybody's gonna give their handles and everything before we go off air. But Squeaky wanted to give some shout outs. Yep. Uh, K12 Foods, uh, which is a company I own. Um, oh, man. It's a mighty thing, which is another you, company I own. How you giving yourself a uh, shout out? That's crazy. Hold on, hold on. Give another shout out to um, Step Your Game Up Sportswear. I don't own that company, just as a cousin of mine. <laughs> uh, and everybody's fighting out 23 on the ring. Everybody's fighting out 23 on the ring on Valentine's Day. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Got to be the funniest. The funniest Absolutely. So the funniest check that out, folks. Um, <laughs> we're going to chit chat a little bit. We're going to take some pictures. I'm going to post some stuff yes. after the show. Uh, 2300 Arena, Valentine's Massacre, Friday. <laughs> Get in the building. Go check out James Martin. You've seen him here first. Five and one currently. 
under the tutelage of Philly icon, Philly legend. So you know you will see some great boxing action. You got you know my Twitters, you know my handles. Ivan, give everybody your handles and your social media. He's busy. We're oh, going to go to James. That's all right. We'll come back. James, social media handles for everybody Facebook, to follow you. Facebook is James Martin. Follow me on Facebook. And Instagram is uh, James World. Mm-hmm. Squeaky. Mine's, my, my, I got uh, k12foods.com. Um, Ed Squeaky on Instagram. And Facebook is Ed Squeaky Bonaparte. Got you. Ivan. Oh, now I'm ready. <laughs> um, Instagram is a mighty thing. Uh, sports management, uh, Facebook, just uh, Ivan Robinson. Um, we had uh, ridiculously fit forty four sixteen Frankfurt Avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, giving a shout out to the owner D. He's doing great things uh, in the community. Uh, that's basically about it. I want to give uh, Heat one hundred all the love and support for having us today, man. Yes, sir. Uh, we able to uh, get this young gentleman uh, James Martin out, and I'm glad that we brought him to you. And now you got him on I tag. appreciate that. No, man, no, no doubt. Always. Um, And I'm definitely going to be tuning in with you every day, getting up on the sports. Yeah, I yes, like basketball, indeed. too. Yes, I like indeed. baseball. I don't like hockey, though. No I hockey. I like soccer. Yeah. No, so, you know, we cover everything. We, yeah, we heavy, y'all cover everything. We, we heavy, heavy in the basketball, yeah, too. Yeah, okay. So, with that being said, another episode of Sports Rap Podcast wrapping up. We will see you next week on Monday.